You are listening to the TF Cast, a Mankato-based arts and culture podcast where we hear stories of upcoming projects and get to know the people making things happen all across southern Minnesota. This TF Cast was recorded November 4th of 2020. Hello and welcome to another episode of the TF Cast. On today's episode, we have with us Caleb Braun Schulz. He is a local musician and uh, student. Uh, take a moment to introduce yourself, please. Well, hello. Thanks for having me on the show today, gentlemen. My name is Caleb yes. Braun Schulz. Um, yeah, like you said, I'm a singer songwriter and um, student here in Mankato. I attend MSU here and, you know, like to play gigs around the area. Um, cool. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And you're working on a new album. Let's get right into that. Tell us a little bit about that. What do you got going on? Uh, so the new record kind of was born out of having like that infinite amount of just sort of free time between March and April, I guess. And um, just not having anything on my plate, I found a lot more time um, than I normally have to work on songwriting and like work on like formulating an idea for a new album in my head. Um, just time I didn't expect to have. I wasn't expecting to make a new record or even to, I honestly wasn't even expecting to focus a whole lot on songwriting this year. Um, but you know, obviously situations presented themselves and I was able to do so. And it was, it was a bunch of songs that I felt pretty good about, honestly. And, um, yeah, so it was, it ended up being able to start the process. Um, there are a lot of musicians other than myself who also had a lot of time on their hands. So I was able to, um, kind of get a nice cast of characters together as far as instrumentalists and, um, like singers and things to, um, to help me work on this album and to put their, um, their own little embellishments and flair on it for some extra flavor. Are you, are you in the recording process now then? Yes. Yep. Um, I'm very, I'm deep into the recording process at this point. I've got about four songs more or less recorded. Um, just have to put like some, some horns on there and some uh, harmony vocals and stuff like that. Just some final touches. And then I've got a handful more that I still have to uh, get in there and really dig into as far as recording, but it's coming along. Cool. Let's go back to March and April, that kind of time frame when you were writing the album. Did your, um, did your songwriting process change at all with all that isolation and the amount of time you had to go at it? Um, I think honestly, that was, that was, yes, yes. The process definitely changed because normally like, you know, I'm going about, you know, I'm going about my day, I'm doing whatever, I'm working, I'm running around doing stuff. And songwriting is kind of something that happens more so up here, like during the course of a day, I'm kind of trying to mull over ideas and think of lyrics and stuff so that I can sit down when I have the time and like write out the sketch of the song and, you know, build it from there. Whereas this year I was able to just sit down, have like not really honestly no real obligations or anything on my plate other than like 
you should be a songwriter right now because that's probably the most productive thing that like you should focus on your writing right now because that's probably the most productive thing that is even available at the moment. Um, so it was certainly a, um, it was certainly a lot more focused process, I think. And I think that the resulting work kind of reflected that and that I didn't have a whole lot else on my mind other than like other than writing songs. So that was, it was, it was, it was helpful in that regard, I guess. What did you uh, pull from for content? Um, um, I mean, I would be lying if I, like, I almost feel like it's already kind of a, a almost a well-played cliche at this point to write songs about 2020 and like, and to like put out music based around that. Um, but I would be lying if I said that like part of, like part of these songs definitely came from um, like the feeling of isolation and the feeling of being stuck and the feeling of like, not exactly like, I don't know, like having my plans for the year kind of just like torn away, you know? Um, so it definitely was an aspect of that. Um, but usually when I write songs, I try not to make them about one thing specifically. So I guess I was trying to, um, like normally when I, when I can sit down and really like map out a song and do it how I like to do it, normally I, I like to, you know, I'll have an idea or whatever. And then like, usually I try to challenge myself to diverge as much from that idea as possible into like open-ended areas and things like that. Mm. Um, I guess I kind of, I, ca I kind of like, I enjoy vagueness in my songwriting um, in, in my own, but also in just people's songwriting in general. I like when uh, a song could be about four different things, five different things. So I guess I kind of try to approach the work with that idea in mind. Um, but yeah. Another thing that was kind of interesting about having that much time to work on it is that I kind of experienced like, like there's no one really good way to write songs, at least not for me. So it was interesting to be able to kind of experience like all of these different, like all of the different ways that songs kind of come into, um, come into creation, I guess. Um, like so quickly, like, a, like mm -hmm. back to back to back, just because th that was like really all I was doing was just like binge writing songs. Hmm. Did you have some uh, new styles that ended up working for you? How did you, what's your writing process like? Um, this time around, yeah, this album is definitely a lot more focused on um, like electric guitars and um, bigger production value, like more like bigger drums and bigger um, like a more of a full band setting. Because the projects I've released so far have been pretty self-contained. It's like it was mostly like my first record, Different Passes, the EP. Um, that was 100% just me. The album, Moons to Morning Stars, was myself and like my percussionist playing like hand percussion and then my guitar player um, coming in on a couple of tracks. Whereas when I was writing this next, this new album, I kind of had a larger scheme of things in mind and um, just like more, I guess, lofty ambitions for the recording process. Um, 
Is that going to take you in a different direction musically? Uh, a lot of the the previous stuff you um, talked about was more uh, I would you know classify it as folk music or singer songwriter kind of stuff. Are you are you edging more into uh, some other territory there? Kind of. I think I like. I guess genre is always kind of like a difficult thing for me to like think about. I guess like whether it's my stuff or whether it's other people's stuff. Like it's kind of hard. It's always been difficult for me to pin it down exactly. Um, I definitely think this new record is taking me in a different direction. Um, just, just because there are so many more pieces of the puzzle at play and I'm writing from a more, I guess, I suppose it would be more of a, more of a like straightforward rock and roll or alt rock sort of sound, um, that I would be coming from this time around. Which which was in, which was interesting both in the writing and so far in the execution of the album. It's made me kind of think about things a lot differently than I have been so far. When you when you're performing live, do you perform with a band like that ever? Um, I had a group last year, and we did a couple of gigs like um, like Mankato Solstice and mm. uh, Rock Band Folk Festival and like the Old Town Art Fair and things like that. Um, but that band kind of, uh, uh, kind of exploded or imploded on itself. So that, uh, uh, so right now, no, I'm more so a solo act, but honestly, that's okay for the moment because there are just so, so many, so like far fewer opportunities to play music right now. Mm. So like trying to fit a five piece band, like that just narrows, that would just narrow the, like, yeah. Yeah, opportunity pool even more. So for your new album, are you able to play all those songs as a as a solo act as well? I mean, I can. I wrote them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wrote them by myself, and I've been playing them more or less by myself, um, like getting ready for the recording, because mm-hmm. like most of the time how I've been doing this is just like sending people, sending the musicians acoustic recordings of me doing it, kind of giving them an idea of what I'm looking for, and then they kind of write their part. We maybe will rehearse it once or twice, but then they just come in and record it. Cause mm-hmm. like, again, I don't know if like extensive rehearsal time with like a bunch of people, like is exactly the greatest idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I mean, it is the greatest idea, but like, <laughs> I, I just don't know. I guess yeah, that just kind of time for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and so you played us a couple of songs today before our um, chat, and are any of those songs on your uh, upcoming album? Yeah, all three of those ones I'm planning on putting on there, actually. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that's kind of, those are sort of the, uh, that is kind of the bare bones, rough, like, kind of sketch of what those songs actually are, mm-hmm. I suppose. Well, we're excited to get to debut them for some people. Um I think the first time they've been recorded. Yeah. Yes, actually. Cool. Awesome. What, how, how long have you been playing tunes for anyways? Um, I mean, I had my first like actual gig when I was 13 and then I guess I actually like, I started taking it like more seriously and trying to like work on songwriting and like really trying to like consistently be playing out and doing stuff like that by the time I was probably 15 or 16 Mm-hmm. Um, prior to like live performing, I think I've been playing music probably since I was like nine or so. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, it was kind of, I kind of, I kind of started as I started kind of getting better at, at playing and singing and writing and things like that. I, you know, with that came a sense of confidence and comfort on stage that just kind of made me want to do it more and more. So I guess as time has gone on, I've only gotten, you know, further invested in doing it. And you're, you're a guitarist and vocalist or any more instruments in the, in the mix? Um, I'm primarily, I'm a bass player, actually. Um, I kind of look at guitar mostly as a vehicle for songwriting, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um, because like, I know it's possible to write songs on bass. That's what I did before I like learned guitar, but it's kind of, you know, it's kind of awkward to just like to come up with melodies, just boom, boom, boom. Okay. (laughs) All right. Yeah. And like coming up with lyrics and stuff, I just think it's easier. It's an easier, um, it's an easier time on the guitar. Yeah. You need something that can do chords. I think otherwise I, I, I have similar issues with the bass. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, what you were, uh, was it you, uh, picking up the instruments on your own or did your parents get you into it? School programs? Um, I kind of came, I, I mean, my, my family is fairly musically oriented. Um, I, I don't re- really remember ever being like pushed into playing music. I think it was something I kind of came to on my own. Um, like growing up there were, you know, like as a kid, there were times when, you know, I would be more interested in music and then I kind of like my interest kind of built in waves as I was getting older. And then it was like, I think it was when I got really into Bob Dylan as like an 11 year old, I was like, yeah, I gotta do this. I gotta start writing songs. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I'd say it was fairly self-motivated. And then I took lessons for, um, I took bass lessons for maybe like two years or something like that. But after that, then it's been self-taught. I'm more or less self-taught on guitar. Oh, cool. What, what, what have you been listening to? Uh, you, you talked about Dylan when you were younger, but what kind of, what kind of music were, was influencing you when you were writing your album most recently? Um, a lot of, let's see. I guess around that time I was listening to a lot of, there's this band called The National that I really love. Um, So that was definitely a big influence this time around. I got super duper into Courtney Barnett during the, um, like kind of the quarantine time. And so I was listening to her records pretty much on repeat. So I'm sure some of her influence maybe trickled in there. and then I kind of, you know, I really, I love my, I love my seventies singer songwriters. I got to be honest. I love my Paul Simon and my, uh, you know, my James Taylors and Paul McCartney's and those cheesy dudes. Um, but mm. you know, I guess I kind of like to combine my interest in older music with the newer artists and stuff and then kind of create my own cocktail of mm. writing yeah you you hear it in everything you know it's it we can never we can never turn off the influence i don't think right whether we want to or not it's just like it's kind of there i guess even subconsciously yeah well it'll be interesting uh listening back through your album maybe in future years to see if you can tell what kind of impact the pandemic might have had or 
or some of that too. Yeah, I'll be like, oh wow, this really aged horribly. <laughs> like even when it comes out, I'll just be like, well, oh man, I'm this sure is really some stuff will will <laughs> age poorly. Yeah, there's gonna be a whole lot of lonesome records, and we're gonna look back and be like, oh, was that a 2020 song? <laughs> Must have been a 2020 song. Yeah, uh, that's funny. I I do think there's gonna be theme theme parties and. Or something. I don't know how you're yeah. going to have a theme party of being alone, but <laughs> we'll figure it out. It's going to be a lonely party, I guess. <laughs> Do you think, um, you, you mentioned writing and, and the isolation and stuff. And do you think that that was useful for your creative process in a, in a different, interesting way? Yeah, I think, I think it, I think it kind of encouraged me to think more outside of like I think it, it kind of made me be a little bit more imaginative because it wasn't like I was really like doing a bunch of stuff mm -hmm. and like having experiences or anything to write about so much. Um, so I kind of had to, I kind mm -hmm. of had to like reach in, reach, I guess like <sighs> try to find that, try to find like that balance between like introspective, but also like, come up with some weird some weird stuff like i guess mm. yeah that's interesting i think i think a lot of people experience some sort of a strange coming to find themselves in the in that time i, I feel like we had to you know mm. it was like a different set of circumstances present you with an opportunity for growth or something right yeah and like i mean as unfortunate as it is, like, I, I guess I would consider myself somebody who's not like overly comfortable in my own skin, like generally mm. speaking. But then when you're just like alone, it's like, all right, like mm. I got to get comfortable with myself, at least to some extent now, like, mm. like, cause it's really, you know, that's all, that's all that's going on. <laughs> yeah. That's all you got. Best mm -hmm. be good to lean back on it. Well, we're we're back in public now. How's how's that been? You're you said you were an MSU student. What's the what's the vibe on campus? And what is it now? It's November. Um, so I honestly haven't gone to campus at all in my first year here. Um, I took I graduated high school in 2017, and then I took like I guess it's three gap years uh, just to you know sort of do my own thing and try to accomplish goals that I had and stuff. Uh, and just kind of come to peace with going to college even because I knew it was something I wanted to do, but it wasn't like, I don't know if I would have, you know, I didn't feel ready out of high school. Um, so, mm. and for whatever reason, this was the year that I was finally like, all right, yeah, let's do it. Now that everything is super just, just, <laughs> just weird. And nobody knows what's going on. The professors are like overwhelmed. They don't know what's going on. All the students are oh, like confused. And it's just, I mean, it seems like, I mean, it's, it's going okay. Like, it seems like everybody's, you know, doing it. And I'm honestly just really impressed with like people like, like in the position that a professor would be in having to all of a sudden totally change their entire way of doing things and stuff like mm. that. So I guess it's kind of, it's kind of interesting, I suppose, to see how different people are reacting to the experience. So you're saying all your classes have been online this far? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. 
Hmm. Yeah, I, I see I see kids on campus and, you know, they're moving around and, you know, doing all sorts of things. And I always kind of wonder, you know, what's up over there because mm-hmm. I, I just haven't heard anything about it. Yeah, I think they're doing some in person, some online, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And uh, you, you said you're you're uh, moving towards social work or you're getting a social work degree? Uh, yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal as of right now. I mean, obviously anything can happen between now and <laughs> at any point in time but uh uh but yeah as of now social work is my is my uh goal what do you want to get into with uh that um i you know as of now i guess like going into school I've, i was sort of hoping to go and eventually become like a family and child counselor and kind of work more with like individual clients and stuff like that like almost like a pseudo therapist counselor type person Um, but now that I'm kind of learning about the like expanses of what social work is, um, I guess I, I'm a little bit less sure of exactly what field of practice I want to go into. Mm. No, yeah, it is, it is a huge field and I think it will only expand, um, the way, the way people have been talking about social workers here recently. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, there's quite a lot, quite a lot there, especially, um, well, it's been an interesting time for for that um, occupation as well, too, with um, things going virtual, too, like you're talking about with the professors. I feel like a lot of social work's gone virtual um, and trying to navigate those spaces on top of all the additional stress people have been experiencing um, recently. So it's an interesting space. But um, I'm curious a little bit about your your gap years because I... So, I graduated from MSU recently, but I thought about taking gap years after high school and then didn't, didn't, just didn't. Yeah. Um, did you, what did you learn? Was it a positive experience? Do you feel like you prepared you for college? Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that at all. Um, I guess like I personally thought that it was rewarding. Um, it was, it, I kind of like was able to learn a little bit more about like living on my own and like, <clears throat> like paying the electric bill and like all of mm. that stuff that I just, you know, hadn't done. And I, I did appreciate not really having like the weight of college on my shoulders when I was first starting to navigate that stuff. Um, it gave me, it gave me some time to just kind of like, work on like some mental health stuff and like work on like dealing with myself, I guess, and being like more happy with who Mm -hmm. I am and kind of developing as an individual. Um, I felt like those gap years were pretty helpful in doing those things. Mm -hmm. Um, it was, it was, it was good also to be able to just like kind of focus on doing music stuff and kind of like having, this opportunity where there was no, there was really nothing other than like work and music and then obviously like social stuff, um, mm. going on. Um, oh, Hey, mm. Hey buddy. <laughs> See, I notice when flies land on me. Um, uh, but yeah, ultimately I think the gap years were good and I, I did end up, you know, starting school and that I think, that was kind of a hard adjustment after having so much time off from school because Mm -hmm. it was like, 
it was a lot of time being like not mm. like like not being super disciplined let's just say yeah. and uh <laughs> so now having to go back to like doing homework and like showing up for stuff at in the morning and like yeah. you know um i guess that part has been a little bit jarring and also just like um going to a place where you're being like you know you're being critiqued and you're being criticized and you're being challenged and mm. like like for the past three years i guess i have been doing that with music kind of but like it wasn't like there weren't grades involved you know and or like mm -hmm. student loans so i'm start. i'm kind of feeling that pressure but yeah. whatever it's, it's okay it is what it is i suppose well, it sounds like it was a largely positive experience for you to take that break. So that's good to hear. Yeah. I think it can be a lot going through high school and then just going right into college. And then like you get out and you're like looking around like, what, what do I do now? <laughs> so it's interesting to break it up a little bit. And I'm sure sometimes that's helpful and sometimes it's not. So, mm -hmm. Interesting. Don't go to school. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I, actually, I, I want to ask uh, another question about um, some of the music stuff before we start to wrap things up a little bit. Yeah, just from listening to you talk about your album, it seems like uh, your previous album that you did the recording on that yourself. Mm -hmm. um, what's where were you recording? What was that like? Um, so the way that I have made, I made both the EP and my first album. And honestly, it's pretty much the same system that I'm working with this time around. Um, I have like a, like a, like a, for the first two records, I had an eight track um, recording device hmm. and I would record the parts, you know, uh, and then I would actually send them to, his name is John Bumhofer. He's in a band called Weathered. And he has done the like mixing and mastering and like producing for my projects thus far. Um, and then, so he would just shine up all of my recordings and make them sound like professional and, mm -hmm. you know, of, of, a, of a reasonable quality. And then I'd release them from there. Um, this time around, I have, a, I have a bit bigger of a board. So I have more like stuff to work with. Um, and more tracks and like more like available space in the song. Mm. Um, and for whatever reason, I just was like so unwilling to like learn how to use like computer software for recording music until, mm. until this year, I, I finally like broke down and like learned how to do it. And like, mm. it's really not like for my purposes, it's not like super hard. So I don't know why I was so against it for so long, but, um, yeah, that also opens up a lot of possibilities because you have pretty much unlimited freedom on those things. So when you said you were working with an 8-track, you recorded them on like a Porta Studio to tape? Uh, it, it's a digital recorder, like a digital oh, okay. analog recorder thing. So it looks like, you know, what you would think of as like, you know, your usual recording board, your usual analog board, but mm -hmm. everything goes onto SD cards. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. 
And there's a charm to that. I like I like, like devices like that, despite knowing that there's a much easier way to do it with my computer. Yeah. Yeah. It was just something about being able to like slide the sliders and like, you know, like adjust every, all the knobs and stuff. It made me feel, it made me feel cool, I guess. He knows. <laughs> yeah. That's I love cool. a good slider. <laughs> oh, it's so satisfying. It's like, oh, yeah. So good. So uh, how'd you get into recording? Did it just come along when you needed to record yourself or did you do much learning to get to that point? Um, I kind of, I, I obtained an eight track record, the eight track recorder. And then I kind of just like, I, there, there wasn't like an obvious option for a place to record or mm. like, I didn't quite know the path. So I kind of, you know, John came to me and offered to like do some producing for me, but then he ended up moving out of state. Mm. So I was like, well, I can't, you know, I, we can't work together together now. Um, so it was kind of out of necessity. I think I've kind of like my, the difference between like my recording on my first release and like from the first one to the second one. And then the second one to this one is like, uh, obviously like, I feel like I've learned a lot since then. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was kind of it was kind of out of necessity, I suppose. That's awesome. I mean, and even if in the future you decide to do some sort of a studio thing, having that uh, knowledge and skill will be really useful, I'm sure. And are you doing the whole recording for your current project that you're working on? Uh, same story. So I I'll be I'll be it. Uh, eventually sending this stuff over to okay. John, my just, guy. Just for like a mix master polish kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And then he'll, you know, he gives me like the, you know, the producer feedback. If it's just like, man, that guitar mm. solo is way too long. Like, you know, whatever. Mm. But yeah, that's, that's how this process is working as well. I think there's an awesome little bit of sidebar. I think there's an awesome space for uh, virtual, I don't know if it's virtual or like remote producers in that sense where like maybe you tap into a zoom call or something, or maybe you just have sent someone, I mean, because if you have a device, like any of these capable audio interfaces or recorders, you can get your clean audio and then send it to someone who knows the technical parts a little better and have almost instantaneous feedback or like live video. Yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. John and I have made several uh, zoom calls just like sharing sharing our screens and being like what do we do here like that's awesome. what's going on so yeah that actually you know that's like one of the good things about like the situation happening like when it's happening is that like because of technology everything can still kind of mm. like sort of progress you know don't yeah. stop recording yeah <laughs> Definitely. Well, and uh, with people's ability to have a semi-capable studio just in their home with a couple of mics and an interface of some kind, it's really awesome. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, um, should we should we uh, send it there? Do you want to talk a little bit about where people can find your album as it's going to be released and a uh, timeline for that kind of stuff? Um, so the release date for the album is kind of to be determined right now. Um, like getting everybody's stuff recorded, um, without them like having to go into quarantine for whatever reason. And then mm -hmm. I can't do the recording. Um, that, 
Um, so that my, my timeline for the album's release is kind of skewed. Um, but you can, you can find my music, uh, the current music that I have released, um, pretty much anywhere you get your online music, like Spotify, Apple music, it's all on YouTube, um, as well. And I believe some other places, but those are the ones that I, I guess I like keep a closer eye on. Um, and all of that's just under Caleb Braun Schulz. And then, obviously, like, you can find me on all of the social media places at Caleb Braun Scholes as well, and Instagram as Caleb underscore BS underscore music, which is a very appropriate name, but also my initials, so it just, you know, it works. <laughs> I got those two. I got the BS and initials. Nice, nice. Well, that's awesome. So, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for playing some songs. We look forward to getting those out to some of our audience here soon. And uh, yeah, that's it for me. Cool. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes for this in every episode at triplefalls.org. 